0: To jump right in, Um, and with that, I'll give another warm welcome to everyone to Industrial Marketing Live. I'm Peyton Warren, and I'm a strategist here at the Industrial Marketing Agency, Gorilla Seventy Six, and I'm one of your IML hosts. I am uh, super excited. We have a ton of gorillas on the call today, so all the gorillas, if you could give a little wave, that'd be great. Um, And I also wanted to say a little special thanks to. The group that's joining the conversation live today, we really do have a great one planned. And this has been one that has been requested uh, many a time. Uh, Today's session is about taking the very first step that you need to take whenever you're embarking on that paid social journey, creating and developing your targeted audience. Um, Audience is just... Super, super important. Um, it's who is going to be seeing your ads that you're running, who's going to be seeing that messaging and making sure that you're hitting and getting that messaging in the in front of the right people can make all the difference in the success or, you know, maybe the, the flop of your ad campaigns. So um, we want to demystify that a little bit today by doing more of a screen share heavy episode. So If you are listening to this in the Manufacturing Marketer podcast, which we'll put this up, um, it should go live next Thursday on the podcast. But if you are listening to it, we're going to try and talk through everything uh, step by step too. So that way it's uh, useful in the audio format. But yeah, if you're here live, um, great. Let us know if there's anything you want to see a little bit more of too. Um, So with that, I want to welcome our strategy director Grace Wright center stage, um, and also our senior performance marketer Kevin McClary. Uh, you know, before we jump into the screen share, I um, just want to ask the two of you: Is there anything you'd like to say to kind of set more context to this conversation today? Um, No, I think
1: uh, we've all just kind of arrived uh, ready to build audiences on the fly. Is there any questions you all have in the audience? Um, Really, as Peyton said, screen share heavy episode. Um, I think the thing I would lead with is that there's no perfect way to build an audience. Um, You know, when we were preparing for this episode, there was a lot of not disagreements, but like a lot of dialogue about, well, I would approach it this way and I would approach it that way. And each of us probably builds like three to four audiences and different ways of attacking an audience before we like would ever launch a campaign. So um, there's no perfect way. And I think what you'll see, you know, throughout this is maybe Kevin and I going back and forth, like, no, I would probably approach it that way. And you'll just kind of see a lot of like the process of, how we land on an audience that we think would work, but then also after we launch a campaign, how we're going back and being like, are we reaching the right people and validating the targeting that we um, started with? So I think just emphasizing that like, this isn't going to be a, here's the 10 step process to build the perfect audience. Cause that doesn't exist. It's really more like, how do you, what are the questions you ask the thought process you go through validating after you launch a campaign, um, all of those types of things. Kevin, what would you add?
2: Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I think with the amount of options and buttons and levers and things that you can pull uh, when creating these audiences cold or retargeting, just remember, um, as Grace said, there's a lot of different ways you can do things. And like anything with paid social advertising, it's about, learning and adapting as you go. So you make a really educated guess in the beginning, but then find maybe new avenues, um, things that are working or are not working. And then you apply those to the next rounds of the the campaigns that you launch. So it's all about learning and adapting. And um, yeah, there's no one right way to do this.
0: Cool. So... To get started, um, I want to ask the group here today, uh, everyone who's on this call, whether your video is on or off, we want to build an audience and we want to do it live. So uh, I have like a, I, I went to a, the IML Slack group and I just pulled, you know, somewhat a, a company that has recently joined uh, IML in Slack. So I have that as a backup, but does anyone here on the call today have an audience that they are interested in building, you know, for your industry? Or like, I'll take suggestions here um, for a minute while Grace can pull up, you know, how do we find the audience builder tool and things like that? Um, but yeah, curious, put it in the chat if there is a company or a specific, doesn't have to be an industrial example necessarily. I think industrial would fit the bill but um yeah you can build an audience for really any b2b sort of scenario on linkedin it, i think the the walking through it and the thinking is what's going to be the most helpful in this episode so yeah tia what audience are you thinking and you can unmute and let us know too well yeah mine's more of a b2c um so i should probably just hold on that <laughs> all right cool well then in that case oh okay we see karen Reliability engineers in chemical, petrochemical, and manufacturing industries. And then we have machine shop leaders who want to automate their CNC processes with a robot. Karen, we're going to go with you because you came in first. Speed is our friend here. And Speed's your friend with uh, paid social too, honestly. Um, so, yeah, Karen, I might ask you to unmute a few times throughout. hope you don't mind just to kind of, we might have some questions for you as we're building this audience. But um, yeah, I think that's a great place to start. Grace, you wanna share your screen and uh, start I showing us how to questions. find the audience builder? Mm-hmm.
1: So give me just a second. Everyone's seeing um, campaign manager? Yes. Awesome. Um, okay, so the way you get here, um, following the breadcrumbs. If you are attached at all to campaign manager, you're just going to click this um, advertise icon up here at the top. You'll get to um, your campaign manager. I'm not going to go there because it would have a um, list of clients. Don't want to do that. Um, But anyway, so you get here. When you want to build an audience, um, they just changed their layout uh, a while ago. So if I did the screen share a year ago, it would probably have looked different. But Um, they, the audience builder that LinkedIn has today is just wildly more helpful than a year ago or so. It's a really powerful tool, but you'll just go into this plan section, audiences. And then if you want to build based off of firmographic, uh, targeting options, um, you would go into this saved audience and hit create audience. Um, when I say firmographic, what I mean is basically you telling, um, LinkedIn, I want to reach this job title at this type of company and I want you to exclude anyone who's a 10, any company that's 10,000 employees or higher. So firmographic, basically just meaning tailoring to the type of company, the type of role um, across all LinkedIn users. So create audience um, and I'm going to go ahead and dismiss this. And then you just start building. Um, so... You can obviously edit the name here and I'll just call this like IML test. Um, Try to make these as descriptive as possible so you can come back and know uh, what audience uh, um, it was. Typically I try to like date things so that if I update things over time in a campaign, I know that this is the most recent um, version of it. So I'll just do 518 and then Karen, you I copied this over, so it's reliability engineers and chemical and petrochemical manufacturing industries. Is that am I correct? I copied that from the chat.
3: Um yes, mostly I also forgot to add um there's a, a couple other of um target audience I'd be looking for are like uh valve repair. Um uh experts, you know, skilled, um, I guess, technician technicians, um, who do valve repair.
1: Okay. So a a couple of things, and I'm just going to kind of like talk out loud and Kevin, feel free to hop in here too. Um, so if I'm building audiences for a client, I'm typically trying to carve out like a space of like, I'm closing out of Slack, I'm closing out of all the things. And I'm just creating space for myself to like think. Um, some things I would immediately be thinking about if I were building an audience for you, Karen, is um, I might ask you for a list of, okay, who are your most profitable uh, uh, customers? Um, can you give me a list of like the 10 customers you would most like to replicate? Um, who? What are the job titles of the people who first reached out to you? What were their problems? Who else was involved in the buying committee And that I would want to kind of start my planning there, kind of thinking about, okay, who are, um, who, who is your target audience? Who's your like ideal fit? Because then I I can start to, um, I know I'm opening up a, a audience builder first and I'm going to get to that in just a second. Um, but typically I don't even start there. I start by like looking at each of those company profiles on LinkedIn, how many employees just, do they say they have? Okay, who actually reached out? What was their job title? And then I might go into um, like one of those ideal fit. So like, for instance, like let's say Kellogg, I know that's not, um, uh, but like if I wanted to come in here, I just want there to be enough like people that I can search. You can start to like search for everyone who is an engineer at Kellogg. Um. And so then I can start to see like the breadth of like job titles that they have under that function. Um, Same if you were going after marketing, et cetera. Um, But then also with an understanding of like who actually reached out, what was their job title, um, everything. But it just gives me ideas and I would start to take notes here. So um, if this was an ideal fit client, I might look at like, okay. And they say that they are have this many employees on LinkedIn and they categorize themselves as um, a food and beverage manufacturer versus like uh, the, the way that companies categorize themselves are, is really wild. Um, sometimes when you get down into it, like you know that someone's a food and beverage uh, manufacturer, but they might categorize themselves like online retailer, uh, different things. Um, but it allows me to like understand like, The companies that you actually do business with that are your ideal fits, what are they saying they are on LinkedIn, which allows me to understand not only like when I'm looking at audience builder and industries listed here. It just gives me ideas of like different ways I would need to target um, and and exclude based off of like real examples. Um, So that might be like where I would start is then it gives me ideas of what to input in the audience builder.
2: That's a great point, because a thing to remember with LinkedIn targeting is you're using all of their first party data, right? It's not like with Facebook or Google or one of these other ad platforms where they're kind of guessing what your interests are, what your job title is based off of your activity online. This is based off of information that individuals are giving LinkedIn for free. They're putting their job title and their company in their profile. so. Uh, what Grace is saying here, I think is super important because you want to find out, it's cool in B2B, we know who we want to work with. So you want to find out how the the people that we want to target are actually categorizing themselves. Otherwise, if you just start making assumptions and um, building out the audience based on, I think this is sort of the job title I want, you can end up reaching people you don't want to reach and and wasting some of your, uh, or wasting all of your budget.
1: Yeah. One other thing, um, Karen said that I want to like a- attach on that I think is, um, a-, a big part of building audiences, um, is as I'm going through and like looking at individual profiles, I might look at like the specific people you say are the people who reached out or were in the buying committee. I I'm looking at, what certifications do they have um, on their personal profile? What skills do they have on their personal profile? Um, sometimes, it, and when I say like, oh, I'm building five to six variations, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, I'm I'm building it based off of skills and then I'm building it based off of job title. And I'm kind of thinking about how to get the right audience size, how to finagle and add exclusion so that I'm reaching like the right people. Um, So you said valve repair um, is a skill that this audience has. I could go in and validate that by like looking at the specific people who have bought from you in the past or companies that you would like to do business with um, and looking at the skills that are pretty common across uh, that audience as well.
0: And maybe a good place to start, you know, is just start with an example company. Um, If, Karen, you have one in mind of like an ideal company, we could start there. Otherwise, I pulled a list of just like leading petrochemical companies and we can start looking at them.
3: Well, actually, we could even use the example that Grace showed, which was Kellogg Company, mm-hmm. uh, their manufacturing company. Um, they would have some kind of, they would have valves um, in their manufacturing process. So I think we could use that as an example. That would be good. So if we were to target people, as you show started to show, um, who were either in, I would say in maintenance, um in uh, engineering, um they could be in design engineering or you know maintenance engineering, um anybody that would have um partaken in, in the repair, um things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like that, for instance. Mm-hmm. And then so how would you how would you find those people at those companies? And then how would you target them? Like how would you create that audience once you find them?
1: Mm-hmm. That's why I like to start with like real companies you have done business yeah. with because that allows me to start with like here's the an example. Um a, a client that we or an audience I've had to build in the past is, um, basically we were going after like food and beverage people, but those who, um, it wasn't clear when I looked at like their past, um, um, their past deals. Like I got a list of like who they do business with that they would like to replicate in like their top 15, like if you could get me more of these, that would be great. Um, And I looked at who was actually involved in the buying committee and it was just really varied in terms of the job titles. So when I tried to do job title targeting, you know, I was going after CEOs, I was going after product marketers, I was going after graphic designers. Suddenly I'm at a 5 million person audience and there's just not enough budget in the world to reach those people. But when I like individually went at each buying committee member from those example companies, it became really obvious that they were all... um, they all had like the same skills. So it was like retail packaging, packaging engineering, product development, visual merchandising. Um, So when I was like making that list of like looking at past buyers, it became really obvious that all of them pretty much had those skills. And I was able to build an audience that way that was really cost effective to reach the right people. And over the course of campaigns, validated that it was the right um, audience targeting was the right people. Um, But I guess that's why I like to start with existing examples. And then from there, I can go to... Um, so it's like, what are the 10 companies that you already do business with that you would like to replicate? And what are 10 companies you who are great examples of companies you would like to do business with, but don't yet? And I can go and look at them and be like, okay, w- this company calls them reliability engineers, but then this other company calls them something else. And then this other company calls them something else. And it, I it's that's why I'm saying you almost need to like take two hours and I just have a spreadsheet open and I'm taking notes. And it's like a little bit like, um, uh, with the red string and the photos and trying to like, kind of come at different ways I can back into targeting the right people. But, um, you know, sometimes it's as simple as job title and industry. Sometimes it isn't, it just depends on the, um, uh, nature of your audience. Um, but Karen to get back to your particular audience and start actually screen share building an audience that the simplest uh, place to start might be just, um, you can just start to type things in.
0: Yeah, without type, like without selecting any buckets, just start typing it in. Then you can see job titles pops up, member skills pops up. Um, mm-hmm. So then you can kind of start to choose your own adventure from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Grace chose the job title adventure. I <laughs>
1: Um, So then you can start to come in here and um, add things. Karen, are there any other job titles that would be relevant within that um, engineering space, like maintenance engineer, maybe?
3: Um, Yeah, maintenance engineer, uh, planning. um, So even, um, I guess, maintenance planning. uh, I don't know if any repair, um, if there would have any title for maintenance or um what we do call it um is there anything under repair yeah like
1: repair specialist repair technician um kind of the yeah. person on the line it's so wide open though um
0: mm-hmm. but we can narrow this in other ways so that job title might be really relevant okay. um so but so, you know. It, Repair technician could be an automotive repair technician could be. So that's where you start mm-hmm. to look at. And we'll talk a little bit more about exclusions too. Oh, okay. All right. So Karen, to, to
1: that point, one of the, and this is something I had in my notes that I absolutely wanted to touch on here because it's the number one biggest mistake that I see. Like when someone's like, oh, paid social isn't working for us or, um, Hey, this isn't working. Can you take a look at my campaign? Like, and I, I see it time and again, mm-hmm. um, so I want to narrow in on it. It is I see like people it not using the right and or logic, if that makes any sense. So if I, for instance, only want to target repair technicians if they also have valve repair um, as listed as a skill and they also are in the automotive industry or they also are in the petrochemical industry, but I have these all listed here. Mm-hmm. Like they're all, li- so they're all listed in this, like any of these following attributes, I'm going to be targeting anyone who either is a repair technician or has like valve repair uh, listed as a skill. Whereas if I want to narrow, you have to hit this narrow button. Yeah. Um. If that makes any sense. So like layering on that logic correctly, um, because I, I often see everything just in this, who is your first, who is your target audience with no narrowing. Does that make sense? I want to pause on that point because I think it's really important, especially for industrial marketers who have such niche defined audiences, use that to your advantage and use that narrow function.
3: So if the target audience there is, those are job titles then how do you, how do you narrow it further to get to their skill that they Mm -hmm. may have in their profiles? Or can you?
1: Um, Valve repair uh, member skills, which again, I would want to validate with real examples. Like I, I, I would want anything here to be grounded in real examples of your ICP, but and in terms of how you do that on LinkedIn, it's people who are a repair technician and also
0: are skilled in valve repair. Okay. But you can start to see how this takes shape mm-hmm. now because you're using mm-hmm. this LinkedIn audience builder tool. Yeah. So like Grace, if you just scroll down a little bit, right, it should say apply or yeah. yeah. And so, so you can start to see <laughs> it's a pretty small group.
1: Yeah so the, obviously there are issues with this audience um but functionally that's how you would apply that logic um within linkedin
3: yeah that is small is that was that um a a group based on a national audience or i can't remember or were yes. we still
1: Okay. It's nationally. Um, it's probably because that valve repair, like too few people are active yeah. on LinkedIn who are repair technicians to have yeah. valve repair listed is probably the issue there. But yeah, you can yeah. do and also um um give me just a second. You can also get like a list of all um company, company, industry. So like these are all of the like industry options that you have um, in here. So it
0: could be like. If we wanted to continue down, say you were targeting the segment of your Kellogg type companies. Mm -hmm. So if we wanted to go into, you know, more of like the food and beverage side of things, um, they are, yeah, the manufacturing facilities for those where they would use those. Valves, if you wanted to have specific ad messaging around mm-hmm. the fact that these valves work great in FDA, you know, areas that need to be approved by the FDA, things like that, um, mm-hmm. you can start to target. And now you see our audience because we've segmented it, it's jumped from 690 people to yeah. 7,000, almost mm-hmm. 8,000 people.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
0: so as you're playing
1: around with it just hit this apply button and it'll um uh this is the power of linkedin in, in my opinion and this wasn't available a year ago um but now they have like such powerful like real time like it'll tell you and here's how i'm um interpreting the parameters that you've entered and mm. it'll tell you here are the companies you're reaching um which allows me to start going in and adding like exclusions like well i don't actually want to go after cargo um and mm. i can start to like just really refine um, that targeting in real time. Um, But I, again, always want to start with like, who's my actual audience? How are they representing themselves on LinkedIn to make sure that um, I'm starting from the right place?
0: Okay. So we've had a few questions come in about, you know, like how many skills to use, if to use skills. I, I guess like just as a default, do you like to start with skills or are you more of a job title, industry, audience builder? Um, I'll typically
1: build it every which way. <laughs> and then I look, so job title and in industry is definitely the simplest way to target. And when that works, go for it. Um, but I'll typically build it that way, but then I'll also... Um, build it like okay, and maybe I narrow it by skills. And um, um so this would be an example of job title and company industry. Um, let me stop sharing my screen really quickly and pull something else up. Um, so this is an example of like a more complex skill uh, audience that I ran with because I tried to do job title targeting, it didn't work. I tried to do, um, you know, different types of targeting, it didn't work. So this is like company industry or any of these relevant groups that I know that if they're in those, they probably are involved in that industry. So this is kind of an example of that logic working well. Like it's completely fine if someone only has any one of these um, attributes, but then they also have these member skills. But then that audience was too big and had too many like irrelevant job titles for me. So then I also layered in functions. So I only want to get in front of people who are involved in product management, marketing, or purchasing based off of, um, looking at who their ICP is, who has bought from them in the past, who was involved in the buying committee in the past. Um, so I, I guess to answer your question, I build it every single way I know how, and then I look at this, uh, Um, basically what LinkedIn is uh, reporting back to me in terms of like, wow, the companies they're telling me I'm hitting are not the right ones. I must be doing something wrong. Um, Or I'll go in here and like, wow, okay. So I'm hitting a lot of, I don't wanna be in front of these people. I don't wanna be in front of these people. And then I start adding in a ton of um, exclusions. Um, I might look at my audience and be like, okay, so 56% of my budget is going to go to these large companies. Well, I can even do business with them. So then I add in that exclusion. So um, I just build it different ways. And then whichever one I feel like gives me the best, most targeted, like this is exactly the people I need to be in front
0: of, um, that would be the audience that I go after. So we're getting a lot of questions about, you know, Budget, And I think this might be a good time to either pull up that budget calculator and talk through it, um, unless there's some changes you want to make to this, like, sample audience here, um, Grace, uh, and also talk a little bit about frequency. Mm -hmm. Um, Because right now we're specifically talking about building a cold audience. This means that you are... Targeting people who may have never heard about your company based on firmographic information. So their job title, their industry, the job function, B2B's sweet spot here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've built your audience. You uh, Now you need to say, all right, how much is it going to cost for me to reach this audience? And then you might need to start figuring out, oh, well, I don't have that much. To reach them so do I need to whittle this down or actually I'm going to reach them so many times with my budget that this is going to be quite annoying <laughs> if they see my ad five times a day maybe I want to increase the size of my audience or decrease my budget so yeah I- I'd love to hear like just thoughts on frequency of like ads and then like how you're determining your budget because folks are really curious in the chat about you know the minimum budget that they need Um, So I think better than like giving them just a number, uh, giving them kind of like the equation or the equation, like how do you calculate that budget? And also I will say, Grace um, came on the manufacturing marketer with Brendan uh, a few weeks ago and they did like a big deep dive into this budget calculator that we'll show. So um, we won't spend a ton of time on it here today, but I do want to show it.
1: Mm -hmm. One last thing before I move on from here. so you can do firmographic audiences here, obviously. Um, another way that we hadn't touched on to build a cold audience is to do like a con or um, a company list upload. I'm just trying to show you breadcrumbs of how to get here. Um, you would uh, hit company. And then it gives you a template. You just if you have a list of only four hundred companies that you could do business with, um, you could upload that list um, and only target to them. But then come in here really quickly, create audience. You can go to any list upload, and then layer on demographic audiences on top of that. So like I want this. These companies, but only people who have these job titles, um, etc. So, just wanted to touch on that as another way to build a cold audience. In terms of how you think about budget, it's kind of a two-way conversation because if you only like you only have two thousand dollars a month that you can spend in Page Social, that impacts the size of the audience that you can go after. Um, but then. You know, if you want to hit everyone in your audience, you have to have a budget to match it. So it's kind of a two-way conversation there. Um, How we guesstimate in the campaign planning stage is uh, our best guess at, so like if I have an audience that um, going, so this audience is 76,000 people. So if I, assuming we generally see anywhere from 20 to 40% reach. So 20% reach. So assuming that 20% of the 76,000 are going to actually log on to LinkedIn regularly, get served my ads. So I'm making that assumption. And I'm making the assumption that I'm going to spend anywhere. Um, so a CPM is a cost per a thousand impressions. It's what you're paying for when you get in front of um, an audience. LinkedIn is charging for eyeballs on your content. So we see anywhere from $30 to $120. Really, it depends on the audience you're targeting. We use anywhere from like $60 is a good estimate um, of how much you're going to pay. It depends on your audience. Um, And then from there, it's just a calculation of how many touch points we want with this audience. How many times do we want to pay to get in front of them a month? Um, We'll run anywhere from um, typically like two to three campaigns to an audience at a time. So what a campaign might be is like, I might run, here's what my product is. And here is um, how I'm different from the competition. And here's the uh, before scenario and after scenario that my product promises to this audience. So different messaging themes in front of the audience. Um, how many times I want that messaging theme to get in front of the audience. So in this particular case, I'm paying for nine touch points with this audience. Um, And then it'll just calculate out if I'm paying $60 to hit 1,000 people, I've got a 76,000 person audience. I'm going to hit 20% of them any given month. Um, This is how much I need to spend. That's how we guesstimate audience budget. So when I'm planning a campaign, I might have to work back from, hey, we've only allocated 5,000 um, for paid social. And I have to create an audience size that allows me to effectively get in front of that audience the number of times I need to persuade them that we'll build awareness of what my product is, show them how I'm different from the competition, et cetera. Whatever education and storytelling I need to do to make someone confident to reach out to that client and be like, hey, I'd like to speak to sales. Um I need to make sure I'm matching that audience size to the budget. I'm gonna stop there. Kevin, is there anything you would want to add or any color context?
2: Um <clears throat> I think in this case, um when building uh like a budget audience with this type of tool, um, we are like as Grace mentioned, we're working on some assumptions and you're actualized reach on a this type of campaign when you launch it may not be exactly what this would estimate. So not that's to say not everyone in your audience is actively using LinkedIn every single day. So if your audience your audience size could be 10,000 people, maybe 4,000 of those people are actually using LinkedIn. So you launch your campaign, you're expecting to reach a certain amount of people, but then you look at your actualized reach in uh, LinkedIn campaign manager to look at your performance. And it might be much lower than what you would expect here. And then that would make your CPM higher or lower. Um, So that's something to remember. This is a great way to start um, using this type of estimation. but. Do not be afraid to adjust based off of the reality of the actual performance metrics that you get, um, say, two weeks, one month down the line.
0: Yeah, Kevin, an example like we encountered that where, you know, LinkedIn will take your money and they will spend it. So say we put a 76,000 person audience in here and we expect 20 percent of them to log in. So that's about 15,000 people, but maybe this audience isn't as active on LinkedIn as we thought. So only 10% of them are logging in. Well, LinkedIn's going to keep spending your budget as if it was going to reach 15,000 people. So that's why that CPM might go up. This happened um, on a, a client of mine. And I was like, I don't like that CPM. It's too high. So what we did is we dropped the budget. Um, to match the audience. And now we're we're still hitting the people the same amount of times, but it was costing us less to do it. So we were able to launch a second campaign instead of just spending the same amount of money on one campaign. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. So we have here estimated CPM around $60. That's usually pretty good for LinkedIn. But if you're looking at your campaign numbers and it's $100 or more, um, and you're using this type of tool, um, that would be an indicator that you can probably drop your budget a little bit. And your CPM will be much lower. Your costs will be much lower, but you'll be reaching the same amount of people.
1: Mm-hmm. I, a good example of this is, so this is a good guesstimate in the campaign planning stage. I used this for a client that we just launched campaigns for back in April. I came back in and looked at the actual reach and the actual CPM and when I entered those numbers in um, from real campaign performance, it became clear that I really didn't need as much budget as I was putting behind it. So because our CPMs were lower than I had estimated, um, so I was paying less to reach this audience than I thought I was going to. So I was able to bring the campaign budgets down without affecting the impact that I was going to have. So Revisiting this after you have a real performance um, is definitely a must.
0: Okay, so um, budget calculation. I know there's more questions about that. This is a spreadsheet um, we'll definitely share. Um, It's something that, like Kevin said, just want to reiterate, it's a great place to start for planning, but you have to put in and think about like the actual reach and your actual data. Um, once you get started, because otherwise you'll just keep spending money on things that maybe you don't need to. Um, The other thing we wanted to talk about, and I know this session is just flying by today, um, is a a, a retargeting audiences. So like you can see here in this budget calculator, we typically budget for retargeting based on just daily spend. Um, Sometimes LinkedIn I don't know why it does this. Sometimes it requires you to spend $17.50 a day. Other times it will let you spend $10 a day. Um, So to be safe, we typically budget the $17.50. So I guess like my question there um, for Kevin and Grace and and Patrick too, um, you know, the biggest thing that might happen here with your retargeting audience is that audience might be really, really small. Um, Or maybe here, let me take a step back, like where does your retargeting audience come from? Let me just ask that question first.
2: Um, So with your retargeting audience, a really good practice on any platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, if you want to retarget at any point, install your pixel or your insight tag on your site as soon as possible to start gathering data. Then you can go into audience manager here and build out a list, right? You can retarget by website visitors. Um, You can retarget by people who interacted with your company page, um, people who looked at single image ads or video ads um, that you ran on LinkedIn. But the best place to start is with that, the website visitors. Um, So Grace, could you click in on there? And you can choose people who have engaged within a certain window of your site. So we usually like to go with 180 days because in B2B, especially industrial, these sales cycles are really long. And we don't want to just reach people who have been to the site in the last seven days and then cut out people who were there 30 days ago, 90 days ago, 180 days ago. Because um, the consideration phase can be much longer. Um, also, we may not have all that much traffic on our site. So um, going with 180 days, it's usually going to guarantee that your retargeting audience will be big enough to support that level of budget and actually serve um, serve your ads.
1: Um, one, one thing with website visitors, too, that I think is really interesting, so... You can mix and match them. So for instance, I could create an audience that was everyone who's visited the Gorilla Request for Consultation page. And then I could create another audience of everyone who visited the Thank You page. And then I could come in here. So let's say I've done that. I could come into this audience builder and mix and match them. So I can come to a retargeting audience of website like Just going to choose a random one here. Um, But then I can come in and exclude. So I could include everyone who's visited our consultation page and then come in here and exclude anyone who's visited the thank you page. So it's only people who are about to convert but didn't.
0: Um, So just to clarify it there, Gorilla, how we like to track conversions is based on thank you page views because whenever someone fills out a form, they go to a thank you page that says, hey, thanks for filling out our form. Here's what to expect. A good experience. That's just our, our defaults, how we like to do it. So at then as Grace is saying, you can then use those, just those different kinds of web visits and page experiences to layer.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, video, people who have visited viewed any, um, at least 25% of your ad. And what's really great here is that you can choose like individual ads too. Like I want to only target people who have viewed 50% or more of this particular um, video ad, which is, uh, so if I came in um, like this particular like campaign, mm-hmm. then I can create that. Um, if we single image ad, um, again, anyone who's interacted at all with um, an ad, you can vote by that campaign level.
0: And just like your website, you can choose how many days they've seen, like how many days ago they interacted with that ad. So you can get folks who are either, you know, really recently engaged and maybe maybe because of that, you think they're higher intent or maybe this is a long running campaign and you just want to make sure that you're staying in front of as many people as possible. So you can stretch that window out a little bit longer, which like we said, in B2B tends to work out B2C, Tia, like you you mentioned earlier, like depending, or if you have like an e-commerce side of your website, maybe that shorter seven-day window works for you if you want to just do, hey, you left this in your cart, you know, Mm -hmm. and you want to target off of that sort of thing. Um, One other
1: thing, once you start building these audiences, um, what one thing that's really neat is that, um, so get your Insight tag installed. Start building different variations of audiences. There's almost near infinite, like 180 days, but viewed this page, but didn't view that page. Like they're mix and match, choose your own adventure on that front. There's a million audiences you could build. Once you build them, you can come in here under analyze to website demographics. This is our website visitors' 180 day audience. And I can come in here and I can look at. Okay, what companies are included in that? And it's only going to be a representative list. It's not comprehensive, but it gives you an idea of what job titles do they have? What size company are they? Um, It just gives you a little bit of demographics reporting in terms of like who is visiting your exact site, um, which is really interesting. Um, You could compare to, okay, how does that compare to people who visited my consultation page? okay, here's how that's different. Like general website traffic to people who visited my consultation page. Um, so there's just some interesting insights or conclusions that you could draw from there as well.
0: Okay. I know we are at 50 minutes past the hour. So this is a long episode. Um, I do want to ask, like, just, and you kind of started to look at this, like, as far as like the demographics, um, we haven't really touched on like developing the audience. So I did want to just quickly like mention. So, okay. You're running your ads to your cold audience or to your retargeting audience. Um, LinkedIn in the advertise function will also allow you to look at, see like, look and see like, okay. Of that audience who is actually engaging in your ad and that is the information that you want to be using to then adjust and and maybe um, add exclusions or, you know, remove different groups that you don't. So an example of this is you might see all of a sudden that you're getting a lot of students or academics engaging in your content, which it's great educational content you're creating. That's awesome. But they're never going to buy your product. So maybe you want to exclude them. Um if they're taking up a lot of your budget, that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's one of
1: the first things that we're reporting on in the first month of campaigns is like looking back at that demographics report, who's consuming um, your content? Is it resonating with them? Um, Like are the, your ads performing well to this audience Um, in terms of audience in particular and making sure you're reaching the right people um, you would just go to um, like, you can go to any campaign. Um, Let me, stop sharing my screen for
0: just a second. Um, Full disclosure, we run IML ads. We started doing it recently. It's not something we've always done, but um, so if you ever do get targeted or retargeted, that's probably why. would love to know what you think.
1: <laughs> so here are some retargeting campaigns we're running. I can come up here into the demographics report and be like, okay, who actually am I reaching um, for like a, a particular campaign you're running? And you can look at job title, job function, et cetera, Um, which is really cool. So we keep a close eye on that. We look at, okay, are we reaching a function that we don't want to reach? Are we um, reaching a company we don't want to reach? And then continually adding exclusions in um, to continue to refine and whittle down your audience to the just right people and making sure that there isn't any fluff in your media spend, kind of trimming the fat, so to speak. Also looking at who's liking your ads. Um, If you see a job title liking your ad that is absolutely not who you want to be reaching, go ahead and add an exclusion. Um, And that's kind of how you refine your audience targeting over time. Um, I've never had it happen because we're so focused on the front end about making sure that audience targeting is right. I've never had it happen where it's like, wow, we're reaching entirely the wrong people. Um, But you typically see, oh, we're reaching 5% of... The, like students or something okay add an exclusion um and just continue to refine Kevin anything you would add
2: Yeah um absolutely I think too you can look at um in within your retargeting audience if it's if it's large enough you can do the same thing and start to um create like separate individual retargeting audiences so like say you're, regular website visits, you're getting around 10,000 visits a month. That's your audience size. Uh, and you want to separate that out by interest. So you have like a retargeting audience, just targeting engineers, a retargeting audience, just targeting maintenance folks. Um, you can do that. Of course, you want to look at the uh, audience size. It's You don't want it to get too small. 300 is technically the smallest that a LinkedIn audience will allow, but it often will cut you off like under a thousand or so. but um yeah, I mean just the amount of data that you can get from LinkedIn first party data filtering by demographics is like unbelievable. I can't express how cool that is. You can't do that with any other ad platform, digital or traditional anywhere. Um, so if you haven't like dove into these things yet um educate yourself it's great that you're here learning now um but extend that learning as well go go to youtube blogs you know help articles and learn as much as you can about linkedin advertising cuz it's it's fantastic for what we're doing
0: yeah and i think that's probably a good place to to wrap up for today um you know we love to start the paid social journey on linkedin because of the like included targeting that you can do here the firmographic information that you have access to the activity on the platform is great um but you know facebook is also a great platform for b2b and i think one thing that i wanted to leave y'all with today is you know start on linkedin learn from it here but prepare yourself to expand like if things are working and you're getting traction on LinkedIn the the stats say that more people log into Facebook every single day than people log into LinkedIn um, on a monthly basis so like if you're wanting to see like the speed and the turnaround happen or if you're trying to target you know specific end users Facebook can be a really great place Um, for you there too. So prepare yourself to expand into those new areas. Um, Yeah. Other final thoughts from the gorillas on the call uh, as we round out, I really appreciate you all hanging out. Um, So many of you hanging out longer um, than a normal IML episode, but uh, we've covered a lot. So I I do want to like, kind of put a good bookend on this, you know, like, what would you leave folks with grace, Kevin, Moby, Patrick, yeah. I'm interested to hear what y'all take away from this. Um,
1: I would just get your Insight tag installed immediately and start playing around with um, Audience Builder. Build 10 example audiences you might um, use. Even if you don't run anything, um, getting your Insight tag installed, um, building a website visitor audience, and then just seeing what LinkedIn tells you um, are the companies and people that are... Uh, um, visiting your website is, is incredibly valuable, even if you have no paid social budget. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: I would agree. Get those set up as soon as possible. And I love that Grace showed that, hey, you build an audience one way, and then you can actually see what companies, what job titles, what seniorities, what functions are in that audience. So you can validate your front end destinies. Definitely play around with the tool. It is amazing.
0: And it's free and you don't have to run advertising to see it. So yeah, definitely love that.
2: I touched on it before, but once you launch your campaign, um, you do all of this audience prep, look at your actualized reach of your campaign and then um, size your budget to what that is. Um, you know, the the journey does not end at the launch of the campaign. There is much to do after that, lots to optimize. Um, but maybe we can get into that in another session.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important, and that was the you know, I have a note from Brendan here. Brendan, sorry to miss you all. He's uh doing um some military duty right now, but uh he wanted me to remind everyone that your audience is not done as soon as you hit publish. You know, always be testing, (laughs) always be in there looking at your uh, demographics and learning. Um, But yeah, Patrick, what do you got?
2: Um, I'd say like we've talked about how often you should make changes with with, uh, maintenance on campaigns and stuff. Audiences are one of the things you shouldn't change super frequently, like let your campaign breathe if you launch a new audience and wait at least three to four weeks. Typically, some of the best metrics you can look at are... The in-platform ones, if you're confident that your copy and imagery are stuff that your customer, not audience member, your customer would be interested in, but your audience isn't reacting to it, that means you're probably targeting the wrong people. But let your audience breathe for a bit. Don't switch it out every other week if you don't like what you see there.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you all for joining. If you would like to... um, get connected with the rest of the folks who are on this call uh, and join us in the IML Slack community, put a little note in the chat. I would be glad to send you an invitation to that. This recording will be live on the Manufacturing Marketer podcast next Thursday at 5 a.m. And um, we'll also be putting it up on YouTube. I bet it will be up uh, a little bit early next week. So we will send that out and we will be sending out that budget tool too um, as a good starting place. So thanks again. Our next show is a huge milestone for IML. It's actually episode fifty. If John Franco's still here with his great stash, um, he's going to be uh, our guest. So fifty episodes of Industrial Marketing Live. It's amazing that we've uh, come this far, uh, but. It's going to be Thursday, June 1st, and we're going to be talking about company culture with um, our co-founder and uh, our like culture lead at our company, John Franco. So super excited about that. If you follow John on LinkedIn, you know, it's something he's really passionate about. And, um, you know, he's so passionate about it. He recently started a uh, podcast about it. So called the manufacturing employer. Um, but until then, we'll miss you or we'll see you on Slack. So thanks everyone. And we will talk with you soon.